see you here this morning. I know God has got a special word for you. Amen. All right. Well, greetings to all those watching online. Thank you for joining us and for all you guys who came to church today. All right. Well, let's get straight into the word. Uh, we're going to continue uh, the, the topic that I started on the manifest presence of God. And as I shared with you last week, we spoke about three different uh, presences of God. We, we see the omnipresence of God and the inner presence of God and then the manifested presence of God. And we all know the omnipresence of God means God is everywhere. We all know that God is everywhere. So we don't have a, a, a you know, difficulty understanding that. And then the inner presence of God, I'll give you a different scripture this week. Jesus said this. Um, well, Jesus didn't say that. <laughs> Holy Spirit said First 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? So the inner presence is when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and we become the very sanctuary. This is the temple. So He's living in us. This is the inner presence of God. It's a separate from the omnipresence of God. And then the manifest presence of God is when God makes himself known among us. He's here, but when he begins to show up in the natural realm, he begins to show up in the natural realm. We know he's in the spirit. God is a spirit. But when he begins to show up in the natural realm that we can feel or see, that's called the manifested presence of God. And that's what I want to focus on. Um, we at The Promise are praying, believing God for, trusting, interceding, contending for that manifest presence of God to show up on a more regular basis in our services. And when that presence shows up, we will see signs and wonders and miracles and breakthroughs in our life, no matter what area it is. Because this is what happens when God shows up in a place. So today I want to answer three questions for you about the manifest presence of God. The first question is, why would God manifest Himself? The second question is, what happens when God manifests Himself? And the third question is, when does God manifest Himself? Now, you can't put God in a box, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm looking at Scripture, and I'm seeing incidences where these things happen. Happened, And so I'm going to draw your attention to those things. But again, we're not going to put God in a box and say this is the only time he will do it. Or this is the only thing that will happen when he does it. Or this is the only way we can bring that presence into our service. So please understand we don't want to limit what I'm saying. I just want to give you some insight. I want to crack the door open. So we can begin to see what God does. So the first question is, why would God manifest himself? Well, when looking in the scriptures, I see that God loves to give us instruction. He loves to give us guidance. And what we see in the Old Testament, we'll go back to Moses, and we see an incident happens here in Exodus 33 and verse 7. It says, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp. Remember, there was this huge camp, thousands, millions of people in the form of a cross, and they're traveling across the desert. Now Moses went and pitched a tent outside of the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. Now anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. 
And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. Now listen very carefully what happened. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Now you remember that covering this whole Israeli group nation, there was a cloud during the day which gave them shade and protected them, and at night that cloud turned to fire. You know that story? And they would give them light. When Moses went into the tent, either the entire cloud or portion of the cloud would come down, they would watch it come down, and would sit or stand or cover the entrance of the tent of meeting. That was pretty impressive. How many would say that's a, like a manifested presence? Yeah, easy to understand one? Uh-huh. Okay, so here we have a manifested presence of God in the tent of meeting. And watch what the people did. Now, whenever the people saw, this is verse 10, the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and, say it one more time, a little louder. So when they saw the presence of God or the manifested presence of God, it promoted worship. It brought forth something out of them. And they go like, whoa, I'm not sure if I want to be in the tent or not. God is in the tent. And remember, they'd heard God speak on the mountain. And they said, please, please, God, talk to Moses. Let Moses talk to us. We can't handle your voice. But here they're seeing the manifest the presence of God, and they worshipped. So this is something that happens. Now, <clears throat> verse 11 said, and they would, they would, uh, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Now, I need to clarify that because the Bible says no man has seen God and lived. And so what would happen here is it says he would speak to him as a man would speak to him face to face. I believe that he was enveloped in the cloud, in the glory, and God was speaking voice to voice with him so clearly, so accurately. He was getting guidance. He was getting leading. He was getting the law that was written down. So he couldn't miss it. God was sitting there, right there in the tent talking with him. So it was like having Starbucks with God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is like, this is it. Yeah, we're talking. This is it. How are we going? Now, I love this portion. Then Moses would return to the camp. Watch this. But the young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Mm. So here's a few things. First of all, I'd say to you, if you have questions, like the book says, if you had questions you want to inquire of God, a good place to do it is to meet with them. This is what they did. They went and met with God. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple of suggestions I could give you. Is like... Your quiet time, you could draw aside and make some time to God, I've got a couple of questions for you. All right? I'm going to talk to you about it. Now, you may not hear, but you know, he's probably talking, but you're not hearing, and that's okay. But then you come to church on Sunday and you go, Whoa, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So there's a separate or second opportunity of meeting with God, and this could be the tent of meeting. You see that? Come and draw aside and meet with God. Inquire of the Lord. There's nothing wrong in saying, God, I've got this thing that's bothering me. I've got this question. And when I'm going to go to church today. 
And I'm going to pray that you're going to answer that question for me. You're going to deal with that thing, whatever it is. And who knows? Maybe somebody will walk up to you and say something out of the blue and go, whoa, how did you know? And they didn't. They were just speaking, you know, like Brother Dennis, Dr. Love. He's about to say something to you and you go, woo. You you know, we play golf together and 10 minutes into playing golf, I want to take an offering. I mean, we've had a whole sermon, altar call, all the people are saved in our group. What else is there to do, you know? But this is God. God could speak to you by somebody or even through the songs. I'm telling you, those songs are so powerful. Those songs that I, I didn't know what song Cindy was going to choose, and she didn't know what I was preaching. But I'm going to tell you, those songs are absolutely phenomenal. The words in those songs are in my sermon all the way through. Okay, all the way through right now. So Joshua, Joshua, he wouldn't leave the manifested presence of God. He lingered. He lingered. He pressed in. Why? Because he was hungry for more. I mean, Moses has been talking to God for eight hours. And then Moses leaves and Joshua says, I'll close the door on the way out. I'm not going. This is too cool. This is amazing. The way that I feel what I'm here, I'm not going. I'm going to just stay here for a while. I'm just going to stay a little while. Okay? And this is where... And guess who became the next leader of Israel? The man who had been hungry for more of God, who had hung there with God. He was outside the tent listening to what God was saying to Moses. Think about it. He heard everything. Yeah? He had to hear what was going on. All right. So now Jesus also told us that the Holy Spirit would guide us. So let's go to New Testament now. Uh, in John 16, verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. Uh, but when He, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. So He's going to instruct you. He's going to guide you. Manifest the presence of God. This is why God meets with us. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. As Pastor Cindy said last week, people often ask, why do you speak so much about the Holy Spirit? Well, look what Jesus said. He said, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. So what we're getting is what Jesus is giving the Holy Spirit to give us. So why wouldn't we talk about the messenger? Why wouldn't we say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for listening and passing the information on to us. Hey, guys, I'm getting a little chilly inside here. You just turned it down? Okay. <laughs> you know, we all have a tent of meeting. Because the Bible tells us that we are the sanctuary. We are the tent. We are the tabernacle. Holy Spirit is in us. So we have a tent of meeting right in us. And the Holy Spirit wants to meet with us. And He wants to guide you in all areas of your life. One more thought. Why would God want to manifest Himself? To bring healing and to bring deliverance. Or as we heard this morning by the Spirit, breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. 
He wants to. He wants to bring us in our life. He doesn't want to leave us in the situation he's in. Healing, deliverance, and breakthrough. In Luke uh, 5.17, one day as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, they were sitting there in this house. Now watch this. And the power of the Lord was present. Everybody say present. Say the power was present. So we could say the manifest the presence of God was there, could we not? For one purpose, to heal the sick. So there's occasions when the Holy Spirit shows up in power, one purpose in mind, heal the sick. He's there to heal the sick. Now we know that Jesus told the paralyzed man to get up and to go, and he got up and he left, right? Picked up his bed and walked out. We know that, right? You know what is surprising when you read that story? is that he's the only guy who got healed. The house was jammed, filled with people. Pharisees, Sadducees, wooden seas. They were all there. And only one person got healed. But the Holy Spirit was present to heal. The power was present to heal, but only one person got it. What does that say, congregation? When the Holy Spirit shows up, to heal, and 99% of the congregation sit and watch. And only one person gets it. Only one person gets healed. And then we question, well, if that was God. Hello? Don't go home yet. It's Father's Day. They gave me the mic. We can sit back and we can question Surely if that was God, everybody would be healed. Not so much. The presence of God can be there, the manifested presence can be there to heal. So what am I saying? I'm saying this. When you see the Holy Spirit manifesting in our services, would you please linger a little? Would you press in? Would you be hungry? And do not be distracted. Do not be distracted. It is so easy. I mean, it's Satan's great trick to distract you, to get your attention off. You know, one of the biggest problems I have is focusing on my quiet time, praying and spending time. Because the world is so busy and I have so many things to do, and Satan wants to distract me and get me away from that powerhouse time where I'm plugging into electricity, when I'm plugging into God, and I'm getting that fill, and I'm getting that charge, and I'm getting whatever it is. I think I can get away with it. I'll pray later in the day. I'll pray tonight when I'm lying in my bed before I fall asleep. And falling asleep comes before. When we see the Holy Spirit manifest in our services, would you please listen carefully, take what's being offered that day. Every time we have a move of the Spirit of God, it's something different. Some we say, you know, there's people and they've got this going on in their life, or there's somebody that got this sickness going on, or somebody's got trouble about there, or there's got financial issues, or there's something like going on. And you know, it's a remarkable thing 
you know. But take advantage of that. Go, oh God, you know, that's for me. That's for me. Satan would like you just to sit back in the congregation and go, no, I've been up three weeks in a row. I'm not going to go up. Just now people think there's something wrong with me. We already do. Because, hey, Baba, none of us are perfect. There's something wrong with all of us. Nudge the person next to you and say, he's talking about you. You know that right now. Do you, do you know, true story, when I first got saved, Jack and I first got saved, we went to church, and every Sunday night was revival, altar call, and everything else. Do you know that I went up six weeks in a row to get saved? And I was already speaking in tongues and baptized in water. But my heart was just like, God, I'm hungry. I'm sinned. I've sinned. I've got to get to you. I've got to get. Jackie would grab my leg and she say, if you go up one more time, I'm not coming to church with you. <laughs> Jackie, you're watching right now. I know this is true. I'm going to laugh a little bit. That's okay. Look at me now. People, it doesn't matter how many times you come forward to get the touch of God in your life. It shows you're hungry for more of God. Give yourself an amen. Come on. So desire more. All right, the question number two is, what happens when God manifests himself? Well, first of all, we've seen people get healed, right? We saw that, that one people get healed. But here's another thing that happens. People get overwhelmed. And this is really, really important. I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about this. You see, on occasion, the Holy Spirit presence, which is also the glory of God, and we'll see that in a minute, comes and it overwhelms our natural body. It overwhelms it. You see, this is what happens. And it's happened to me many, many times. My body just loses its strength. It's like, I can't stand I'm going to fall over. I, I can't understand what's going on. Like, all right, all right. Is it strange? Think about it. Is it strange? We have a supernatural God whose spirit manifests in our presence, and our puny human body comes and goes, I can deal with you. Come on, take me down if you think you can. Are you serious with me? Or are you joking right now? Do you honestly think that your physical body, your natural physical body, would be able to stand up with such an overwhelming manifest presence of God? No. Yes or no? no? Come on. No. So why do we think it's strange when we, and I love Cindy's term, you get hit, right? You get hit and, you, and you're like, like this. You're stuck to the floor. Something else happens to you. You cry, you laugh. You go, I'm, I'm losing it. No, you lost it before you came in here. You're busy finding it. So, this happened in the Old Testament. Let me show you. We'll go to what happened in Solomon's temple. And many of you probably know, when the Spirit of God showed up as the cloud, the glory came in, the priests couldn't continue ministering. They fell down. Watch this. In Second Chronicles 5, verse 13, and when the trumpeteers and the singers were joined in unison, making one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. So the, these musicians, this, this, 
This team of worshipers were really going for it. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, there was a lot of musical instruments, for song and praised the Lord, what were they saying? He is good and His mercy and His everlasting kindness endures forever. They were giving praise to God and then the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. A cloud showed up. So what happened is that the eyes of the people were open so they could see into the spirit world. And the cloud was the presence of the Holy Spirit. It was the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit, just like in Moses' time. Same cloud. Same cloud. And verse 14 says, So the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So you see, the cloud and the glory of God, same thing. The manifested presence of God is the glory of God showing up. We sing and pray, God, show me your glory. We did today. Show me your glory. Well, when we see the manifested presence of God moving in our midst, that is Him showing you His glory. The priests couldn't stand. They were worshiping God. They were praising and they fell down. What a sight that must have been. Trombone sticking in the air. A cymbal hitting somebody else as they go down. Some guy lying with his leg up on the thing trying to sing la la like this. And somebody rolled over and said, who's got the sacrifice? <laughs> and that's a stupid question to ask in this mess. I think, that, I think they must have had a Rodney Howard Brown laughing experience when they tried to question each other about what was going on. Do you know it happened also when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus? Do you know that? And this was like a hundred soldiers at least that were coming out. And they were armed and they were ready to take him down. Swords and spears, the Bible says. In John 18 and verse 4, um, they said, who it is, Jesus says to him, who it is that you want? And Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he, Jesus said. And when Jesus said, I am he, remember, I am is the name of God. And he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So falling to the ground is quite common. <laughs> right? And this was just Jesus speaking, like, this is me, this is me, bam, down you go. <laughs> so when Jesus shows up here, the Holy Ghost shows up here, and somebody gets to prophesy and says, the Lord says to you, and you go, bam, down you go, why did they fall over? Because God just spoke to them. And the strength left their body. It happened to me in the hospital. When they came out and they told me that Jackie had come out of the position, she was blind and she was mute and she couldn't speak or talk and she was like in coma and the doctor wanted her permission to operate because I would said no. And she opened her eyes and she spoke supernaturally and she said, my husband will make the call. And she went mute and blind again instantly and Hain came and told me what happened. When he came and told me what happened, all the strength left my body. I fell on the floor in the hospital corridor. I just fell on the floor. Couldn't stand up. And then when I was down there, God began to speak to me about certain things. This also happened to Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul. Remember, he had letters. He was going to Damascus to find the Christians and to drag them into prison. And on the way to Damascus, Jesus shows up, manifest presence of God, knocks him off his horse, falls down, and he's blind. So no healing for you today. 
Acts 9.3. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus. I am? I am. I am Jesus. Whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. So get up now. Time to get up. You're knocked out. You're down there off your horse. Now get up. Now watch this. You'll be told what you must do. I, I'm telling you, so many times people have told me that when they went out under the power, when the strength left their body and they went down, and fortunately we have catchers. Saul didn't have anybody catch him. I think God planned that. Right off your horse. Bam. That'll teach you. But anyway... <laughs> Back up, bam, again, second time. When they're down, God speaks to them. God has their attention. Because you see, at that moment of time, you're more conscious of the spirit realm than of the natural realm. You don't know what's going around around you. You don't care. You don't care. You know, everything that's going on around you, you don't care. You're focusing on the spirit God's talking to you. So be super sensitive. Super sensitive. See, there's no miracle in falling down. Just because you fall down doesn't mean you're going to get healed. and doesn't mean God's going to speak to you. But there is a sense of an overwhelming presence of God, and it's a great opportunity. To, okay, God, while I'm here, talk. Okay? So please, listen. I'm trying to share with you what happens. Now, the manifestation on the day of Pentecost was unique. I mean, when it happened... The spectators were bewildered. They stood in amazement. They couldn't understand what was going on. And so it is in our services even this day, right now. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is because it's going to get worse. Hello. Better and worse, same thing. That's bad, as they say, which means good. I, I assure you that there's going to be greater and greater manifestations, greater and greater breakthroughs, greater and greater signs and wonders. Yes. Are we not praying for that? Are we not seeking that? Are we not asking? We're not talking about super, uh, just superficial things. We're talking about deep, deep, deep works of God that will change our life forever. So watch what happened on uh, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound of, uh, of a crowd, uh, sorry, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Everybody say bewilderment. <laughs> and each one heard them speaking their own language, utterly amazed. Say utterly amazed. We hear them declaring the works or the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed. Say, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? See, this is what happens when people come into our church who have never seen the Holy Spirit manifestation because the churches they go to squash it, hide it, do everything they can to suppress. Don't allow it because they are scared of this craziness. 
They're afraid of the craziness. They wildfire, craziness. Well, hear me. <clears throat> I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. Thank you for that, uh, Nancy. Appreciate that. <laughs> so verse 13 says, Some made fun of them and said they've had too much to drink. They appeared to be drunk. And I know that when you look from the natural, if you're, if you're in the flesh, if you're in the natural, and you look at other people who are in the spirit who are being touched, you think they're acting. You think they're drunk. You're bewildered. You, 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 this is craziness. I'm getting out of here. This is a madhouse. This is not where I want to be. And the people who say that are people who are ill-informed, uninformed, no knowledge, and who are judging from the flesh. They're judging from the soul. They have no idea of what the Spirit of God is doing. They don't know. And that's why they make those judgments. Because it looks foolishness. He said they look like they're drunk. Then Peter stood up. You haven't been drunk in your life, so you don't know what this means. <laughs> but it means being stupid. It means falling around. It means laughing. It means uh, you know, not knowing where you're coming or going. It's, it's, it's like, are you, are you serious today? Don't drive, all that kind of stuff. If we used to have meetings. We used to tell people, have somebody drive you home. Yep. Yep. We did. Yeah, because they did get in the car and they did stupid stuff while they were drunk in the spirit. So Peter stood up and he said with the other eleven, he raised his voice and he answered the crowd, Follow, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Well, today they wouldn't matter. No, <laughs> this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he goes on to explain what Joel said about this. All right, so let me wrap it up. Let me answer question number three. When does God manifest himself? Well, based on what we've already read, we see that he manifests during prayer. He manifests during praise and during worship. And this is why our P3 services are so phenomenally blessed by the presence of God. Because we do all those three deliberately giving God as much possible time and opportunity to come in and to manifest and to meet the needs of the people. Remember in Solomon's temple, what were they doing? They were praising and worshiping with instruments. We see that happening there. Now, there's another story. And there's many I could show you. I don't want to keep you here all day, but let me just show you one more. Paul and Silas were in prison in Philippi. And they got beaten up. They were in the stocks. It's now midnight. And they are praising and worshiping God. And God's manifest presence shows up. And when it does, guess what? Not only was Paul and Silas set free, but everybody in the prison was set free. Which indicates to me that when we praise and worship, even if there's two of us, in a church of 150 people, the other people can be set free as well as the presence of God shows up, if they would be willing. Listen, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. There's always listeners in the congregation who are not participating. There are praises and there are listeners. So the listeners can get touched if they'll stay long enough. If they're open to hear, they can get touched. Suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. We sang it today. Chains are falling, people coming loose. We sang it today, did we not? 
See, the presence and manifested power of God is to set people free, to break chains in your life that have held you captive. But you've got to come to that place where you say, at least put your toe into the praise and worship. At least dip a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Just dip a little bit. You know, I saw one person standing in the back, not today, and, uh, you know, we were singing an up-tempo thing, and they were like just standing like this, um, and, you know, the foot was going like this, and, and, I, and I said, well, praise God, at least your foot is Pentecostal. <laughs> at least you're, tip, you're tipping, just, you, you know, getting in a little bit. Not going to do that. No, 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 not that, but that's okay. That's okay. Because nobody can see my foot. People, listen, people, get free from yourself. Get free from yourself. See, Jesus said this. Jesus said this. The Father is going to seek the genuine worshipers. People worship from their heart. People don't care about other people. People only care about pleasing God. People only want to, are hungry for God, want to press in, want to love God. Let God, I love you, God. I love you. Whether every, anybody else does or not, if I'm the only person in my family that loves you, so be it. But I'm going to love you. And thank you for what you've done. I'm so grateful. He said in John 4, 23, he said, A time will come, however, and indeed, he said, it's already here. So when Jesus said it, it was already here. When the true or the genuine worshipers, and that's what I classify us at the promised tribe, as genuine true worshipers. They will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality. For the Father is seeking such, just such people as these for His worshipers. He's looking for people like that to worship Him. He wants to manifest Himself to you. He wants to meet with you. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must, must. That word must is the same word that says you must be born again. It's the same word. This is not one of the ten suggestions. This is a must. God is a spirit. So worshiping in the flesh or just with your body is not sufficient. When we worship God on our Sunday or P3, whatever it is, a lot of times we will yield to the flesh as a form of praise. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's a lower level. For example, a song will finish, worship song will finish, and we've been caught up in that song and we're worshiping God, and when it finishes, we applaud. We're using our flesh to give thanks. And that's okay, nothing wrong with that, but it's a lower level. The higher level is to voice with your mouth the things of God. Speak in your tongue. Give God glory. Let Him know you worship Him. By all means, clap, by all means. But if this is all you're doing, you're missing out on a higher level. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay. So we want to always be pressing into spirit and truth. We want to move into that area. You want to train yourself to be able to flow with thanksgiving to God. So what does this mean to you? What is God saying to you today in this service? What's He saying to you? I believe the Holy Spirit wants to manifest Himself to you, His presence to you, as often as you will allow Him. Do you remember that Jesus said in the book of Revelations, Behold, I lock, knock at the door, and whoever opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with Him. I'll come in and I will fellowship. 
which means that the door to your life, the door to your heart, has only one handle, and it's on the inside. God can knock at your door for all eternity, but you and you alone have access to the handle. Will you open the handle? Will you open the door and say, come on in, Jesus. Come into my life. He is not going to kick the door down. He's not going to force himself into your life. And certainly not in praise and worship. And you know, we all have difficulties. We all have problems. <clears throat> all of us. 100% of us sitting here today. 100% have something going on in our life right now that could keep you from praising God. If you focused on it and just thought about it and go, you know what? I am justified right now in not praising because of the troubles I have in my life, because of what's going on. 100%. But sitting in that situation will not change your circumstances. Will not. I'm asking you on a regular basis, do your best. Don't wait just for Sundays. Open the door. You've got access to the handle. Open the door. Say, Holy Spirit, come in. I don't even have words to say. My problems are overcoming me. I don't know how to deal with them. I'm in fear. I'm anxiety. I've got things going. Holy Spirit, help me. And then you say, you know what? I don't even know what to say. So what you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to yield to the Spirit. And I'm going to worship you in spirit. Can you do that? Yes. And you see what you're doing is you're giving Holy Spirit opportunity. Open the door. Give Him opportunity. And when you come to the service, if you come heavy-hearted, if you, if you come like, oh God, I, I don't know what to do, that's okay. That's okay. You know what? Because 100% of us feel that way. But when we come... God, right now, I know the devil wants to stop me from worshiping, but in worship and in praise is where's your manifested presence. I'm going to press in. I need your presence to bring deliverance. I need your presence to set me free. And Father, if I fall down in your power and I bewilder one or two people, so be it. If I amaze five others, so be it. When I walk out, I'll say to my friends, did I amaze you? Hey, wasn't that amazing? Are you bewildered? Don't be shocked if they're amazed. And am so would you make room? Would you make room? Every time you use your spiritual gifted language, every time you do it, it is actually a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit thing. It's a gift from God. So give Him time. Give Him time. Make time. Come hungry. Try and get yourself hungry. Try Linger at the tent door. Come to the house of meeting. Come to the house of meeting. And come hungry and linger. Oh God, I, w I want more. Dream praise and worship. And then expect miracles. Expect breakthrough. Expect the supernatural. Listen. If you don't expect, you've lost your hope. And you, if you lost your hope, 
there's no hope. You can't go anywhere. You're stuck where you are. So at least begin to say, God, you are my only solution. Without you, I'm done. I know. So I'm going to worship you, even if it's painful, even if I feel like a hypocrite. It doesn't matter. I'm looking for your presence, your manifested presence, your cloud, your glory. Oh, God, I want to be a true worshiper. In reality, I'm just going to yield to your spirit. Why don't we just stand? I really sense the Holy Spirit. Just stand a moment. Just lift our hands a little bit. Just lift our hands. And just tell God how much we love him. Tell Jesus how much you love Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you gave us. Thank you for what you did at the cross, Lord. We give you praise today. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All of the problems, Lord, that I have today can't compare to the love that you have for me, your deliverance for me, the breakthroughs that you've planned for me today, Lord. Oh, I press in, Lord. I come hungry today. I open my heart's door. I open the handle on that door's on the inside. Come on in, Jesus. Come on in, Holy Spirit. Lord, if I look foolish to those about me, to my friends, if they think I'm foolish, if they think I'm acting drunk and stupid, it doesn't matter. They're not the ones that are going to give me a ticket to heaven. They're not the ones that are going to judge me at the end of the day. It's going to be you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Puriba harishi didi bashura karaba hendre surira didi bashura rara ishe didi bia Holy Spirit cloud of God the glory of God fill this temple as we come to this house of meeting today as we come to the house of meeting today we've come to meet with you Lord we've come to meet with you Lord this is a day we've set aside to meet with our Father to meet with our Jesus to meet with the Holy Spirit we ask you Lord cause breakthroughs in our life bring about those miracles Lord as we just press in with the hunger that we have in our hearts for you that great hunger Lord we're lingering in your presence I pray Lord that every person who heard this word today will have a deep experience and will be drawn into a relationship with you like they've never had before. That they'll move from the natural, from the flesh, into the spirit realm, oh God. They will desire the manifested presence of God every day in their life, not just on Sunday, but every day, every day, every day, every day. Oh God, bless your people with a new revelation understanding that they are a tent of meeting. That God, you're in them. You're in them. They are the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give God praise. Try and give Him praise as well as this, okay? With your mouth as well. With your mouth as well. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. If there's anybody who needs prayer, we'll have our ministry team come on up. I was expecting everybody to run because uh, at, least, at least you haven't been here last week or the last three weeks like me, so you can run down the front. Remember, some of you think there's something wrong with me. We already do. Come on down and get ministered to if you need ministry. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to continue this next week just because I'm enjoying it so much. But I believe God is talking to our hearts and helping us in a lot of things, okay? 
So I'm going to dismiss you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Treat him well. At least $1,000 gifts and at least five golfing days. Okay? Treat him well. Cook him lunch. Whatever it is. Do the dishes. Take the trash out. Wash his car. Clip his nails. Give him a pedicure. Lay hands on him. Pray for him. Okay? God bless you. We love you. And don't forget P3. It's this Wednesday. Is it going to be awesome? Because we are coming ready for that encounter, aren't we? God bless you. Have a great week.